I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every Hey everyone, podcast listening family, we are on for a roundtable discussion with Dr. Paul Meyer and we have Melanie Van here as well. Good evening to both of you. Hey. Hello. (laughs) So something that popped in my head a couple of weeks ago, I just kept seeing it in my head, seven deadly sins and then what are the, the virtues and Paul, you know the Bible back and forth, certainly better than I do. <laughs> so I had emailed you and said, hey, can we talk about that? And and you educated me. Well, there aren't really just seven sins. Or will you explain you know, that piece that I wasn't aware of? Yeah, uh, there there is a chapter, and we're going to uh, share some verse from what King Solomon wrote about the seven sins that God hates the most. Oh, that's but, what it is. Okay. Yeah. But but something that Jesus said before we do that, I think something that Jesus said uh, is real interesting because the scribes and Pharisees back then were—I mean, they you know we we still use the word Pharisee as somebody that's uh, legalist and and self-righteous and all that sort of thing. So that's how those Pharisees were back then. Anyway, they asked. There's 365 sins listed in the Bible, things that are considered sin, and and all of them are things that would hurt somebody. You know, and, and none of us, whether we whether people listening to us right now in our listening family believe the Bible or not, uh, or believe in God or not, you still don't want to go around hurting people. So, but they asked Jesus, well, which which of these uh, uh, commandments, 365 commandments, is the most important? He said, if you obey just this one, you'll automatically obey all the other ones. And he said, that's to love God uh, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor and to love yourself. If you love God and love others and love yourself, then you don't need to worry about sinning. Because if if you operate uh, with that in mind, then uh, then you're not going to sin. But um, having said that, uh, there are um, in Proverbs chapter six, King Solomon um, said that there's uh, seven things that God detests. So. You want me to list those now, yeah, or you want me to wait? Ahead. No, let's go ahead and list them. Then we can talk okay. about them. Okay, and it'll surprise people because uh, we know everybody's heard the Ten Commandments, you know, and uh, 
And there's some things that are in the Ten Commandments that aren't on the top seven list. I mean, three of them, three of the things in the top in the Ten Commandments. But the seven things that God hates the most would shock a lot of people uh, if they've never read this, because number one on his list is a proud look, haughty eyes, and what that what that implies, especially to me as a psychiatrist, is um, uh, arrogance, narcissism, thinking you're better than others, thinking the world revolves around you. A haughty look means you're looking down on others. You're important. They're not important. And the three of us have spent a lot of time doing programs on uh, narcissism and right. soci- sociopaths and how to have boundaries from them and all that. Well, that's important to God, too. That's not only important to our listeners who who love to listen to those programs about those topics, but it's important to God uh, that somebody who chooses to be a narcissist and has haughty eyes and think he's, thinks he or she is better than others or looks down on others, that, that can include uh, people that are very religious sometimes that that think right. that they're you know that they're godlike when they're being the opposite. You know, there's people that are that are real self righteous uh, religiously uh, too that 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 would fit in. Okay, then number two is a lying tongue, going around lying uh, about people because that hurts people. That hurts people, and that happens in politics too, where people go lie to destroy other people's reputation and right. and uh, things like that. But it happens uh, everywhere um, where there's evil people, you know, on Facebook and different things. You know, somebody's jealous of somebody else, so they make up lies about that person. But right. a lying tongue is uh, number two. Number three are, is murder, you know, <laughs> killing the killing innocent people. It's not self-defense. It's not, you know, self-defense is always... Uh, the the correct thing biblically to do, and I mean, if somebody was trying to kill my wife, I'd I'd kill him if I had to 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 prevent him killing her or, or killing me. Right. Uh, so self defense is different. Or if a war, if a country made war against uh, America, I'd go fight for America, and I'd I'd, I'd kill people on the other side uh, in order to defend our country. But it says killing the innocent. Um, okay, then uh, number four is uh, a heart that plots evil. Mm. So if we have a heart, boy, and I'm convicted of that. I mean, there have been times when in my own thought life, I've thought about evil things that I'd like to do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't go out and do them, but, you know, boy, it's really tempting sometimes. And and, uh, Especially um, when you're dealing with a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. can inspire, you know, yeah. they can inspire any, the most peaceful person to become a knife wielding. Yeah. yeah. And all of us are a little bit narcissistic because every time yep. we, every time we do hurt somebody else, it's, you know, we're, unless it's purely by accident, but anytime we do hurt somebody else um, by doing things that are wrong, then we're being uh, narcissistic. Um, so um, a heart that plots evil. Uh, and then uh, feet, uh, the next one is feet that race to do wrong. That there are people who just, you know, as they go through day by day, you know, they're they're selfish and they're bored, and and if they get a chance, if they see an opportunity to do wrong, they'll rush off and do it. They have that kind of attitude. So, feet that rush to do wrong, and then uh, the next one is sort of like the one a lying tongue. It's a, a false witness. Who pours out lies? Mm. 
somebody that would go testify and be a witness against somebody when they know what they're saying is is a lie and mm-hmm. willing to harm somebody's reputation or or harm them in or even in a crime that they might die for and might be executed for or something so a false, a false witness who pours out lies okay so let's see uh haughty eyes lying tongue uh, murdering the innocent plotting evil racing feet that race to do wrong that's five six is a false witness um and uh, the last the seventh one is a person who sows discord somebody that pits one person against another. Now that's the borderline trade, isn't it? For, for uh, you know, if we admit a borderline uh, into our day program, then even though the people are all nice and, and the uh, therapists are all nice, you know, they'll uh, they'll come up to me and say, "Your nurse said that she doesn't think you're very smart." You know, or she'll tell my nurse, uh, you know, Dr. Meyer said that you didn't know what you were doing, or that, or, or they'll tell one patient that another patient said something and. And they're, they're looking, you know, they're, they're bored if they're not doing that. Right. So they, they're sowing discord. And what's interesting is that in our culture, sexual sins, if you ask somebody what's the worst sin, I think a majority of people would say, you know, various sexual sins. And, uh, and the sexual sins are listed in the Ten Commandments. So it, it makes the top ten list. But there aren't any sexual sins listed in the seven that God hates the most. But thinking that you're more righteous than others is number one. <laughs> you know, so right. <laughs> people uh, people that uh, will reject somebody for a sexual sin are committing a worse sin by being rejecting and haughty and thinking that they're so uh, so righteous. Yeah, sexual sins are still wrong. They hurt people. Right. You know, any, a sexual sins sin means something that hurts somebody else somehow. You know? Yeah, and boy, that haughtiness, I mean, it, it definitely uh, ran through my family, an arrogant haughtiness, and I know it comes from insecurity and fear, at least in my family, but um, anyone that behaves in that kind of haughty, self-righteous way, which I have done in younger years, and then I realized, okay, that's not very attractive, <laughs> <laughs> and even though you know you mo- this was modeled for you, let's not be like that because it's not attractive behavior. But many in the family have continued this, and it gets worse as you get older because those are some those lifelong habits of just fe- you know behaving as if you are superior to others. Yeah, I probably become- I probably committed six out of seven. At, at various times in my life, to some right. degree, I, I, I've never murdered anybody. Uh, but there have been times that I, you know, plotted to do something that was wrong or or that I uh, impulsively did something that was wrong in my life. You know, uh, um, I don't think I don't remember any time that I purposely lied about somebody. But I bet if you, you know, if we saw everything that ever happened in my life there probably have been but uh we've probably these are you know these are sins that uh that that all of us have probably committed at some time in our lives except for the murder the murdering yeah so that's Mel- that's what it's convicting right melanie what are your what are your thoughts about this and what what have you thought about since uh you know we wanted to have this kind of a talk discussion 
<laughs> yes. Well, first of all, I just want to thank Paul for giving us a Bible lesson. Thank you, Paul, for that. Sure. Thank you for, for pulling those out. I've never really thought about those in uh, a Christian aspect. I, I have, I know what the seven deadly sins are, and I and I've never really stopped to think that they weren't actually listed in the Bible. So, um, you know, a lot of times religions overlap, and the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues are actually something that's uh, Roman Catholic. Yeah, um, Catholic tradition. So, mm-hmm. Yep, it's a Catholic tradition, and the seven deadly sins of Catholic tradition are lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. And then basically the virtues are opposite of those. So, Kristen, I think you have the list of virtues, don't you? Yep, I do. So, yes, the seven virtues that are listed are faith, hope, charity, fortitude, justice, prudence, and temperance. Why don't we... Discuss, discuss what those mean, because those, you know, going just rushing through those words. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not even sure what some of them mean. So what's the first one is what? Faith. Okay, so having faith. I guess and we all know what that means. Faith, a belief in the right things, including yeah. virtues. Um, yeah. Hope, taking a positive future view that good will prevail. Okay. Charity is concern for an active helping of others. So charity is love, being motivated. It's not just uh, going out and doing something nice in front of the uh, television screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I think it implies doing something nice for somebody else because you care. Right, exactly. And, you know, being of service to others, helping others. Um, fortitude is, you know, never giving up. Not giving um, up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Justice is being fair and equitable with others. Yeah. Um, prudence is care and moderation with money. Prudence is. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what that word uh, means. So it's it's uh, mostly about money. That's what they yeah that's what they listed as under the seven um, virtues in terms prudence. of uh, yeah prudence being being. Uh, Wise with your money or being wise or with, right, being wise with it. So taking not wasting it on foolish res- things. Exactly. Respecting it and um living in moderation with it. In in the in the Bible at the same time in uh in I was reading Ecclesiastes uh last month and the Bible says if God blessed you with wealth, then enjoy it, but don't live for it. Right. You know, don't there's nothing wrong with being God. wealthy and there's Nothing wrong with, uh, you know, enjoying it and uh, things like that. Some people, there's there's some uh, legalistic Christians that think that even if God gave you a billion dollars, you should live on the poverty level right. and, and give all the rest away, probably to them. You know? <laughs> right. And, uh, and uh, so I don't think God calls for anybody to uh, live on the poverty level. You know, but he said, if God, if if he blesses you with wealth then enjoy it, but don't live for it, you know, and so I guess it would be prudence. Prudence doesn't mean, you know, where you live in a hole in the wall and and, uh, eat peanut butter every day. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. The next one is temperance, which is moderation of needed things and abstinence from things which are not needed. So. I kind of, you know, it's my own definition, but I, I think when people 
money is such a an interesting and triggering subject for so many people that often and it can be so very seductive so often people will start worshiping money instead of worshiping you know their their faith and worshiping god so care of it and using it with moderation respecting it and not you know do you really need 12 ferraris i mean that kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and people also misinterpret the verse in the bible there's a verse in the bible that says that uh, money is the root of all evil and uh and what it's really saying in the original languages is that uh money is the root of all kinds of evil you know uh you, you can use money in a deceitful way you can use it in a you know, to hire a hitman, you can use it. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways that you can, a lot of sins that you can commit with money, but it doesn't mean money. Some people tend, tend to make that think. There's people that'll lay a guilt trip on you if you have money and, and make it, you know, make it feel like if you're, if you are blessed financially, that somehow that's a sin, you know. Right. Or they think that you shouldn't have any problems, you know, that you're not allowed to feel upset or down or sad um, you know they, they don't allow for you to be human simply yeah. because they think that you know having financial wealth means that you don't have any other you're not human you yeah. don't live life still as a human being so i think you know that's always been interesting to me i, I had someone that oh, i used to take walks with and then stopped because it kept coming back to the same subject they always asked about my work and when I would explain kind of what I did, they'd say, wow, I, I wish somebody would write me checks like that. And it just kept going on this theme. And I finally on the walk said, you know, every time you bring this up, you then talk to me and say these things like, wow, I wish da 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 da. And I don't, no one hands me a check uh, on a silver platter. I actually work to get paid. Mm -hmm. or the services I provide. So I'm not quite sure, you know, where you're coming from when you say these things, because I do work hard for them and I don't in any way feel guilty about no, getting shouldn't. paid. And no. um, that ended the walks around the park. Yeah. <laughs> My finally saying, I've had enough of this conversation that happens every <laughs> time you take them. If you want to go make money and do whatever you want to do you have the absolute right and choice to go do so and mm -hmm. maybe one of the reasons why it isn't happening for you is because you're so bitter and envious about it from other people yeah okay so now i know what prudence means because i didn't know what that one meant <laughs> so well, i think it's kind of as temperance right because prudence and temperance would kind of be the opposite of what me right that would, yeah, yeah, that would kind of be the 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 sin versus you know versus the virtue, and I think the love of money leads to all kind of sin. I think that's yeah, the, yeah, that's or, it. that's it. Or Paul, yeah. remember, it's the love of money. Yeah, so you can, I mean, a lot of people have lots of money, but they don't worship it, and they yeah. do good things with it. But the love of money will cause you know lead to evil things. So it's, yeah, it it's such a difference. It goes to show how one word. Um, can totally misconstrue um, a sentence, you know? <laughs> well, two things on the sin side were gluttony and greed. 
and those seem yep. to be the, the polar opposite of prudence and temperance. Yep, they do. What were the other ones? Or was prudence the last one? That was the last one. Oh, okay. I've got the yeah. ten, 10 commandments here if you want to. Yeah, let's talk about hear that. those. Because I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what they were from memory or anything. And so I, I just I looked couldn't. it up. It's in uh, Exodus chapter 20. And these were 10 commandments that God gave from Moses to the, to the Jews. Uh, it doesn't mean that we can't learn from them too and, and try to abide by them. But, but they were given as uh, laws for the Jews. And uh, the first one is, uh, um, don't have any other gods but me. And, and of course, that would have a lot of implications. Like you can make money your god. You know, you can right. make sex your god. You can make uh, uh, a lot of different things your god. Or you can even, you know, the, some of the people back then would, you know, paint a stone and call that their god and bow down to the stone and things. Uh, in fact, that's the next one. Don't make any. Don't make for yourself any idols of any kind or images of things uh, in the heavens or on earth or in the sea. Uh, that you bow down to, you know, you must not bow down to things like this or worship them because uh, there's a real God, not, not a stone or a statue that you make or something like that. And then uh, uh, don't misuse the name of the, don't swear, don't use God's name in vain. And uh, that's getting to be quite a habit nowadays. Mm. Um, I have to watch that one. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't have to watch it like I used to, uh -huh. but I, <laughs> you hear if, it so much. <laughs> I, yeah. You hear it so much. And then yeah. if someone walks over to me and they're wearing a cross or yeah. maybe they're a nun, the first thing that comes to, will fly out of my mouth is some kind of thing that I should not say, but I'm working on that. I don't know what that is. Yeah. in you. <laughs> I feel horrible about it, but it's like, uh, okay. Anyway, I know, I know no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. And, the, and then uh, uh, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Um, work, you know, work. God uh, told the Jews to work six days a week. Um, and uh, but take one day a week that you rest on. And uh, for them, it was Saturday. And then uh, in the New Testament, the uh, for some reason, the people that became Christians started meeting together on Sunday rather than Saturday, and uh, they uh, got they gathered together and had communion and, and gave their tithes and things like that and offerings. 
And so a lot of Christians call Sunday the Sabbath. I don't think, personally, I don't think God cares what day you use as a special day of rest, but, uh, um, it, but it's a good principle to have. Um, even farmers will grow crops for uh, like six years and, and, uh, and then grow nothing for a year and give the land a little rest. But, and then let's see, the next one is uh, honor your father and mother. And if you do, you'll live a longer life. But the uh, honor your father and mother, a lot of people misinterpret that one too. Because I have patients who, whose moms and dads uh, beat them, molested them, treated them just horribly, verbally, and every other way. And they think, oh, oh you know, I, I'm supposed to honor my father and mother. So they think right. that means they should go put up with crap, you know, and you don't. Uh, you, you, honoring, honoring them means to um, do what's reasonable considering the circumstances. And it might be that... Uh, uh, when they're senile and have Alzheimer's and they're dying in a in a in a home somewhere that you, you might you might even no matter how bad they were you might want to send some money to help out or you might not but uh, honoring them doesn't mean in fact uh, the there's a verse in the Bible that says obey your father and mother but if you look at the Greek again a lot of people read the English words and misinterpret them but in the Greek uh, it actually says little children obey your father and mother. It doesn't say adult children should obey them. Mm. Um, and so we should honor them, show respect for them in one way or another, but that may be by totally not speaking to them or ever seeing them again if they're, right. if they're misused. But anyway, honoring your father and mother. And then don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't have sex with somebody else's mate. Don't steal. Uh, don't testify falsely against your neighbor. That's, that was in that top seven uh, that in Proverbs six, uh, don't covet your neighbor's house. Now it doesn't mean if you, if, if your neighbor's got a really cool house, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with thinking, boy, I wish I had a house like that. Coveting your neighbor's house, meaning it means I wish I had his instead of him. Right. That's what coveting <laughs> your neighbor's house is. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Yeah. So if, if your neighbor has a wonderful wife and you think, boy, I hope I have a wife like that someday, you know, and you're single, uh, or, or you might even think, I hope my, my wife becomes more like that someday. You know, somebody might think that that's, that's not a nice thing to joke about. But anyway, it, but, but coveting your neighbor's wife means I wish I had her instead of him, or I wish I had him instead of, instead of somebody else, you know, uh, if it's a woman less, uh, lusting. Um, and, uh, or coveting your neighbor's donkey or, uh, or uh, anything else that belongs to your neighbor. I wish I had that instead of him is what's wrong. If I, if you think I, I, I hope someday I have something like what he's got, then, then that's not coveting. And uh, so I guess that, yeah, that's it. That's the 10 commandments. Let's talk about the coveting one because that, um, that in terms of, you know, us having a healthy self-esteem and healthy well-being and um, healthy mental uh, you know, how you feel about your mental health. Coveting is such an interesting thing because you're right. It can be, it's very different from what you're like, what you're saying, Paul, where, okay, I admire someone and what they've achieved or some of the things that they have. And so I, 
if I'm grateful that I know someone who has those things so that, A, I know that I can have those things too, but I'll have them for myself. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean taking them away from somebody else. And I think that's where, I don't know where that comes from and what that is, you know, psychologically where you, you see, you know, I, I had someone I knew that uh, always wanted to be taken care of by someone else. And so they were constantly looking for a caretaker. And so they would covet the way that, let's say, a husband took care of his wife. And they, but they, instead of praying or whatever, you know, they were thinking about or trying to develop to have that kind of relationship, they instead wanted and tried to go and get what that you know, get that husband for themselves. Yeah. And it right. never works out that way. It just, it <laughs> uh. does not work out. And it's an interesting thing, like what that is psychologically when people do that. Oh, I want that. So I'm going to take it from who I believe has it. Yeah. I've said a lot of times um, to my clients or in speeches that, that, uh, uh, you know, there's 8 billion people on planet earth. And to some extent or another, we all feel like a nobody at times. You know, we all feel insignificant and unimportant at times in our lives. And uh, the rat race is that most people go through life feeling like a nobody and trying to prove that they're not a nobody. And they do that in the wrong ways. They do that by lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life in biblical terms, but sex, power, and money in psychological terms. So sexual conquering... Of, uh, of people using people as objects, whether they're married or not, or, or taking somebody's mate away from them. It's so sex power uh, means, you know, power struggles where, where you want to be more powerful than others so that you can manipulate and use them in the wrong way and uh, less the flesh, less the eyes. And the pride of life is just, you know, being again, prideful and haughty and, and acting like you're better than others. We, we compete with the Joneses. You know, and, and, and so the, most people are in a rat race to some extent or another where we feel like nobody and go through life trying to prove that we're not a nobody. Instead of, you know, loving and being loved and, you know, developing our character and gaining insight and things like that. Right. Developing those things for yourself. Melanie, what do you what do you think about that? That that piece where you people covet and, and not only do they not only is it that they covet which is really just a thought about it but then they take action on that yeah i mean i clinically i think about it how it's just so closely related to jealousy um mm -hmm. and and just wanting something that someone else has but I, I feel like i've seen kind of two types of jealousy when i think about clients um, and one type of jealousy is just kind of like your, your common jealousy that you think about. You're jealous of a beautiful women. You're, you're jealous of anything that anyone else has that you don't have. And then there's another form where I feel like people really aren't envious or jealous, but they're bitter because they don't have what the other person has. And there's a difference. There's, it, it almost comes from a different place. So there's like bitterness that they don't have it. It's not that they're, they can actually appreciate the other things. They're not really jealous or coveting it. They're just bitter themselves that they don't have those things. So, I mean, that everyone has moments in their life, I think, where we covet and wish things and want things differently for our sure. lives. But I mean, just for our audience, 
it's such a waste. I mean, what what is what is coveting or being jealous of someone else really going to do for you? If you really want something someone else has for yourself, then make a plan and try to have it. Right. Um, you know, or find things in your, you may have things in your life that are just that the other person that you're coveting will never, ever have. And so you, it's really about perspective. And those are the types of conversations I would try to have with my clients. And a lot of times, Paul, they were borderline clients really struggle with coveting and jealousy, I feel like. And so a lot of times the conversations would just be about perspective and appreciating their own traits and I think a lot of times, too, that jealousy comes from, or coveting even comes from a place of you don't know who you really are. Yes. And, and so there's something about that that really ties into jealousy and coveting because when you don't know who you are and you can't appreciate the things about yourself that are wonderful, then you kind of, you covet these things that other people have that you think makes them happy generally people that covet and, and are jealous are generally unhappy people, in my opinion. They're just, mm -hmm. they're not happy. Um, and they don't, you know, they don't know how to find joy, I guess, maybe. And I would try to connect them to, you know, being able to find joy in their life instead of just playing on the surface of being happy or unhappy, because we're all happy and unhappy sometimes. But boy, it can lead to some destructive things, though. I, oh, I yeah. have known and we have all seen people do horrific things over coveting jealousy. When they you actually know. do it, when they when yeah. they go and take yeah. the wife or take the husband or yeah. take the job. Yeah. You know, there's uh, another, another thought. There's, there's fool's gold and real gold. And uh, people back in uh, when there were the gold rushes and all that, uh, a lot of people mm -hmm. would uh, go to those places to try to mine gold and get true gold. And there's a uh, I just looked up fool's gold and there's a chemical, there's something called a pyrite, uh, a shiny brass colored mineral that, that almost perfectly mimics the look of gold in it, but it's fool's gold because it's not real gold. And in life, uh, people think like, uh, uh, that, like basing your self-worth on your net worth. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, they may, uh, there's people that will devote every three min minute trying to get more money so that they can feel important where, where they want the wealth to make, uh, you know, the legacy of the net worth to be their self-worth. Whereas somebody else devotes their time to their kids and to their mate and to their friends and they love and, and uh, are loved and they have true gold. So they have the true gold and people who just get money to the sacrifice of loving and being loved have that pyrite, you know, they've got fool's gold. Right. Right. And, it, you know, it's been interesting, too, to watch people that, okay, they covet, then I, they put a plan together to take the money or the person, the mate or the boyfriend or girl, whatever it is uh, for themselves. And then when they get it, this thing that they coveted that was going to make all of them happy and fulfilled and whatever, and then they get it and then they're angry and bitter because it isn't what they thought it was mm -hmm. going to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so for some carry massive amounts of guilt because they know that what they did was wrong. They know that they weren't coming from a pure, authentic place. Uh, they, you know, when they were inserting themselves into someone else's life in order to steal them from someone else or steal their money, um, the ones that do have a conscience about it uh, end up living with a whole lot of guilt and 
spread and physical ailments and all kinds of things that can happen to you when you, um, you know, when you, when you seek to take. You know, uh, something that I did that, that what you said just remind me of is that I thought, I always had high regard for doctors when I was growing up. I mean, I would barely speak to one if one came to our church because I'd be, you know, sort of in awe of doctors. Mm -hmm. And and so I thought, boy, when I become an MD, I'm going to feel so, I'm going to finally feel so important. You know, I, you know, I, not feel, but I thought I'll be important. I'll have an MD degree, you know. And I remember uh, graduation, walking across the stage and getting my diploma and feeling really uh, uh, proud of it. And then about 15 minutes later, it dawned on me, you know what? I'm not any different. I'm still me. And I actually got, I actually felt real sad. I felt real sad because every, everywhere I walked, my butt followed me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was still me. I wasn't any different. And, and, and all this, you know, all this excitement that I thought I'd have by being an MD, you know, it, it, it just was, it was nothing. It was meaningless. Yeah. And, and, the, <laughs> and what makes it, what makes those things meaningful when you have loving people to share those things with, and that doesn't, isn't your idol. Like, and that sometimes yeah. comes with age and humility and realizing um, that, you know, what makes those, yes, it's wonderful to be proud of your accomplishments. Ab you know, absolutely. Yeah. But all, but realizing that that doesn't make you better than anyone else or it doesn't right. mean that you have arrived. Yeah. Figuring out ways to use my MD to help right. other people. Now that's, that's exciting. I, I'm still excited about that. I exactly. love going to work every day and helping people, you know, with the training that I've had. I've had interesting experiences with people where, uh, you know, someone had their master's degree in counseling or whatever it was. And, but we'd be having a business meeting and, um, actually I did. I had a woman who came in to my company and, uh, wanted to, she coveted and she wanted to take, and she did try to take all my clients. Um, it didn't work out for her. I think completely went bust within, you know, less than a year, but, um, she definitely tried to take my clients and she was so envious when we would go to a meeting and we, and she'd say, why do the presidents of these companies pay attention to you? I am the one with the master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. because I don't have a big fat ego and I am a pleasure to go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. work on that and then maybe you know you'll have those things but to be haughty that's a big that's like a sticking point with me haughty yeah. imagine how sad that would be uh, you know to go through life wanting everything that's everybody else's and and uh just in in uh being you know that narcissistic you know that that would yes. be sad yes that'd oh, be yeah. a depressing Miserable. life well, and then just like not being able to have gratitude for anything. I yeah. mean, the moments yeah. of gratitude for me have been some of the most fulfilling moments of my life of just feeling absolute gratitude for what I do have and thinking about the things that I don't yeah. have. I mean, I've been blessed with so much and we all get frustrated. Why me? Everyone asks that, you know, but yeah, I can't imagine living like that either. It'd be not be it is sad yeah you know uh we mentioned king solomon earlier 
Mm-hmm. And uh, King Solomon, uh, he he said he he thought that um, uh, power would bring him, you know, worth, and he became the most powerful king on earth. And he said it's all meaningless. It's meaningless. I don't I don't feel any better. You know, I still feel bad. You know, and then and then uh, sex. He had a thousand wives and concubines. And, and he said, he admitted, right, in Ecclesiastes, he says, and I did not withhold from myself any pleasure. So he did, you know, he, you know, he, he was a busy man. Uh, he probably had 3,000 kids, you know. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why Jewish people are so smart. You know, he was the wisest man that, that lived, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, but anyway, he, uh, he had a, a thousand wives and concubines. I don't remember if it was. 700 concubines and 300 wives or the other way around and uh and and he and he said but it was all meaningless you know it it probably was fun for a while you know but he said it became meaningless it didn't mean anything it didn't bring me i still felt empty inside and so he had uh, and then he he thought wealth if i'm wealthy enough i'll feel important and he actually uh according to uh to tradition he actually had silver you know, laying all over his yard. I mean, he was so wealthy. I mean, he just had immense wealth. And when he gathered it, he said, I still feel empty. It, it's meaningless. It doesn't mean a thing. And then he concludes Ecclesiastes in chapter 12. He says, what I found is meaningful is the, the, the great commandment. Like Jesus said, he said, it's uh, loving God and, and, and uh, loving other people and being the whole duty of man, you know, is, is serving other, serving mankind, giving up of yourself to love others and, and help them. And, and, uh, uh, and he said, that brings meaning. He finally found what brings meaning. And I think that's pretty cool. I do too. I do too. And, you know, the reason for you know wanting to do this particular topic and how does this tie into our mental health? Well, it really does. It, it does tie into your mental health because there are so many <laughs> diagnoses out there. <laughs> and um, many of them are things that hopefully become lessened over time. And there can be a root cause for many of these things. And many of the root causes of, of ill health in any capacity are the ways in which we are not living virtuously. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, kind of giving a reason why we wanted to talk about this was, you know, these are very simple (laughs) um, ideas that you can look at and incorporate into your own life and not punish yourself if you have, except for the murder thing, you know, that you should definitely be in prison for. But for everything else, it's you're not a horrible person if you've sinned, it's or, you know, you've erred, it's. Um, it's, it's a chance for redemption. Right. And we could have a whole program on all the biochemical things that happen in our brain when we are sinning. You know, cause it's, you, know yeah. it, it went, you have bitterness and serotonin depletes out of the brain and and in uh, uh, the adrenal cortical trophic hormone out of the hypothalamus to the, and all that sort of thing. It, it, you, and, and you, you know, have fewer antibodies to fight off diseases and, and, and doing evil things whether you believe in God or not, doing evil things destroys, destroys you. Absolutely. Emotionally and physically. Absolutely. Well, thank you to both of you. I picked this one. So next week, it's one of y'all's turn to pick the topic. <laughs> that was an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. 
it's, it's made me think. It's definitely made me think about a lot of things. So. I yeah. thought about it for two weeks and had really interesting dreams. And, 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 and remember, don't feel bad in our listening family. Don't feel bad if you thought, oh, no, I'm a horrible person because I sinned. Because, uh, uh, again, the Bible says we all fail in many ways. Yes. We all fail in many ways. So we all do things that are selfish and wrong at times. Uh, but we're, you know, we're a good a good person is somebody that's working on it. Exactly. Exactly. Working on it and <laughs> having yeah. some doing skills. the bad part of yeah. learning how to be better. I mean, that's you know, we all we all <laughs> every single day are doing those things, and those are our moments to uh, to be better. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank and thank. <laughs> And thanks to our listening family for another edition of uh, Roundtable with Dr. Paul Meyer on Mental Health News Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. Baby.